Luke 16. It says, He said also unto his disciples, There's a certain rich man which had a steward, saying was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer a steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship. I cannot beg, or cannot dig, to beg I am ashamed. I am resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his Lord's debtors unto him, and said unto the first, How much owest thou unto my Lord? He said, A hundred measures of oil. He said unto him, Take thy bill, and sit down quickly, and write fifty. Then said he to another, And how much owest thou? And he said, A hundred measures of wheat. And he said unto him, Take thy bill and write four score. And the Lord commended the unjust steward, because he had done wisely, for the children of this water were in their generation wiser than the children of light. And I say unto you, Make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when ye fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much, and he that is unjust in that in the least is just also in much. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? If you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give to you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So we're going to look at, look at stewardship. Uh, that's what I had notes for anyway. So uh, a, a steward is a, a, a household manager. Uh, he's defined as one who, who uh, takes care of his master. He's, he's not the owner of the house, but he's the one who you might say oversees the house. I think a do, good description of a steward is Joseph in Genesis 39 when it says in Joseph, in verse 4, it says, And Joseph found grace in the sight, that is of Potiphar, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had he put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he made him overseer in his house, and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptians' house for Joseph's sake, blessing the Lord upon all they had in the house and in the field. He left all that he had in Joseph's hand. He knew not, knew not aught he had, save the bread which he did eat, and Joseph was a goodly person and well-favored. So Joseph was given the responsibility to oversee the house of Potiphar. And, you know, he basically ran it, but he didn't own any of it. He didn't own any of it. Uh, and God has given to us a stewardship. As a church, we have a stewardship, a ministry, a stewardship of ministry. And, and it isn't ours. It isn't ours, it's the Lord's. It's the Lord's church. It's not our church, it's the Lord's church. But it's given us the privilege to operate, if you want to say, or, or, or oversee or manage it for his glory. Again, it's not ours. I'm reminded of David in, in, in uh, 1 Chronicles 29 uh, David understood this principle in 1 Chronicles 29 that he was just a steward of that which God had given him. Uh, in 1 Chronicles 29, in, in verses uh, uh, 
uh, verse 11, it says, Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. And for all that is in heaven and in earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thine hand is power and might. In thine hand it is to, it is to make great. Notice, it is in thine hand to make great. And to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. But who am I, and what is my people, that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come of thee, and of thine own have we given thee. For we are strangers before thee, and sojourners, as were all our fathers. Our days on the earth are as a shadow, and there is none abiding. O Lord our God, all this store that we have prepared to build thee in house for thine holy name cometh of thine hand, and is all thine own. I know also, my God, that thou triest the heart, hast pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of mine heart have I offered all these things, willingly offered all these things, and now have I seen with joy thy people, which are present here, to offer willingly unto thee. So, David understood that everything that he had, though he was a great king and had much abundance, that it came from the hand of God, and, and he was privileged to offer it back for the house of the Lord. And, and as stewards, we need to understand that everything that we have is of the Lord, and we are to use it for his glory and for his honor, and we are privileged as stewards uh, to, to use it for his, to further his purposes. And in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul reminds the church at Corinth, and he says in verse 6, And these things, brethren, I have in a figure transferred to myself and to Apollos for your sakes, that you might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written, that no one of you be puffed up for one against another. For who maketh thee to differ from another? What hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory, as if thou hast not received it? So, and Paul reminds the church of Corinth, you know, look, why would you be puffed up? Even if you have an elevated position in this world, it comes of, from the Lord. So don't be puffed up about it. Thank God for it and use it for his glory. You know, so we are stewards that we don't own anything. We are, we are to use it for his glory. And a steward, something else a steward... You know, if you read this parable of the steward in Luke 16, you would maybe come off with the idea that he is um, giving away his, that which is master's. Now, that may not be the case. Now, I don't know everything I know about this passage. However, I do know this, that he's commended. Now, it says... Uh, you know, he was resolved what to do, so he called every one of his Lord's debtors and said to him, How much owest thou unto my Lord? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. And he said unto him, Take thy bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. So, you know, it appears that he just gave away fifty, fifty uh, of, of his masters. However, you have to understand that a steward was the businessman of the house and he could make deals with people, whereas if the master said, I want this much for a bushel of wheat, I want, let's say I want $3 for a bushel of wheat, and if the steward could sell it for $5 a bushel, he was allowed. 
and he kept the two. He was allowed to keep the two. Now, we don't know. It doesn't say, doesn't really tell us whether he was giving away that which is his master's or giving away his own portions. But he was commended. Um, and the Bible tells us to make yourself friends of mammons of unrighteousness. Now, I was thinking about this uh, uh, mission scene we had this week of entering in. Make yourself friends of unrighteousness. Now, how do you make friends of the mammon of unrighteousness? Now, I think we're talking about people of the world. How do you make friends of the people of the world? And one of the things that was brought out this week is, and we're not talking about lifestyle evangelism, but if your life doesn't match your walk, the world is not going to respect you. you know, so we, we make friends by the unrighteous, by being honest and right in our dealings, uh, you know, godly living earns us respect from the world. And, and if you notice, he goes on and says, he that, in verse 10, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. He that is unjust in, that, in the least is unjust also in much. So, and, and, so which is least? Unrighteous mammon or righteous mammon? Well, we know from the Bible that which is eternal is of more value than that which is temporal. So, so we're talking about uh, uh, temporal versus eternal. He says, if therefore you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, so if you've not been faithful in your worldly conduct which you shouldn't be worldly. That's playing words there. Uh, no, your, your conduct in this world should be godly, not world-like. So if you have not, been, not demonstrated godliness in the world, the, the unrighteous will not be interested in your eternal things. And so we have to understand, as, as again was brought out this weekend, that we are to invest put effort for to invest in those things which are eternal and versus that which is our, which are temporal. Now go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. In that stewardship as Christians and as a church, it's an eternal investment. In Matthew chapter 6, and I'm not going to read all this for sake of time, uh, but really this whole chapter is about... Uh, uh, temporal things versus eternal things, things which are seen versus things that are unseen. Okay, you know, you, you can. He, he talks about uh, uh, in verse two, doing your alms and sounding a trumpet. You know, so if you were to, if if you're going to put a big bill on the offering plate, just just wave it up and let everybody see it before you put it in. You know, that's kind of the idea. To be seen of men. No, he said, don't don't do your alms to be seen of men. No, do it in secret. Don't pray long prayers on street corners to be seen of men. Go into your closet and pray, and the Lord shall answer thee openly. So, so it's, it's all about things that are seen versus things that are unseen, or things that are temporal versus things that are eternal. So there, there's a, there's a, the, we need to value that which is right and proper. And then he says in verse 19, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. So, so, the, so the things of this world are all temporal, and we can hoard those things and not share them and not be good stewards of them, well, that would be laying up treasures on earth. Or we can have an eternal focus uh, on the unseen things and lay up treasures in heaven. So lay not for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth, not, doth corrupt and thieves break through and steal. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal. For your treasure is, there will your heart be also. 
The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. You know, you need to have a single focus on that which is eternal and not that which is temporal. Again, we live in the world, but we're not to be have our focus on the things of the world. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? You know, when we turn away from the things of the eternal, turn to things that are temporal, temporal, it, it brings problems and confusion and, 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 and you know, uh, misunderstanding and all those kind of things into life that we just, we just don't understand our purpose and we have no purpose in life. That's, that's what the world is today. But, and it's darkness. So, then verse 24, he says, No man can serve two masters, for he will hate the one and love the other, else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So, so a stewardship for the Lord is an eternal investment. We're investing in eternal things. With our, as we heard this week, with our time. With our, and, of course, missions is about time. Your missions isn't just, well, we put our money in the offering plate and we send it over to the Francis or over to the Joneses or over to the, down to Florida. No, missions is about evangelism here, us being active in it, and at the same time giving our money and our prayers to help those in other places. That's, that's what missions really is. So, so it's an investment in that which is eternal, the things that we do not see with our figure of uh, uh, natural eye. It is also laboring together with God. Look at second, or 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And to me, this is, a, this is a great privilege that God gives us. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 5, Paul said, Who then is Paul? Who is Paulus? But ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted Apollos waters, God gave the increase. So then, neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but that God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. In other words, they're working together as one. They may be two different people, but they're working together as one. Uh, and every man should receive his own reward according to his own labor. You know, God's going to reward us, and he's going to reward us for what part we have in laboring together in the gospel. And he says in verse 9, For we are laborers together with God, ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon, for the foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So, so it's like we're yoked together, we're in a fellowship together with God, we're laboring together with God, and that's what, that's what a stewardship is, we're to la- our stewardship is that we're to labor together with God. Um, and the third thing I want to notice here is that it's an opportunity to prove our faithfulness. If you notice in the text again, in verse 10, he says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Now, I always said, if a man will steal $10, he'll steal $100. If he'll steal $100, he'll steal 10 You know? no. We need to be faithful even in that which is least. And, and the least here, I believe, he's talking about being faithful or doing right by the people of the world. Being a proper uh, testimony and witness to the world so that 
they may receive us and 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 receive uh, the true riches spoken of in verse eleven. And I believe that has to do with listening to eternal things. You know, this has often been said, and I think it's a true statement. Before you can usually tell somebody else about Christ, you have to win that person to yourself. They have to have some measure of confidence in you before they're likely going to listen to you give them the gospel. And so, uh, this is the opportunity we have. It's an opportunity to prove our faithfulness to the Lord through our stewardship. 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2 says it's required of the stewards that a man be found faithful. You know, we need to be like Daniel. Remember in Daniel chapter 6? Daniel was made the head of the three presidents. And of course the other three were jealous over Daniel. And they sought to find occasion against Daniel. But they could find none occasion. Except it be with his God. You know, we need to be people that the kind of people that people can't find fault with us except it be with our God. You know, sometimes our witness will offend them, but we should not be offensive. Uh, we should be the kind of people that go out of our way to help them, to minister their needs, uh, to serve them, uh, to do right uh, by them. And, and, and faithful uh, to them in the time of need. And so this is an opportunity. You know, we have a stewardship. We have a stewardship. And God expects us. God desires of us. God has been privileged to give to us a stewardship of the gospel here at Lighthouse Baptist Church. And might we be, health, be faithful in doing our part in this stewardship evangelism that he has given uh, not only in our own sphere of life, but as uh, working together for the cause of Christ uh, for missions around the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the time in your word this afternoon. Thank you for the testimonies. Thank you for how you've blessed this church, and thank you for the faithfulness of your people in witnessing and testifying of the grace of God that's been demonstrated in their own lives. And Father, I pray that you help us just to be faithful in this stewardship that you've given us until you come for us and give us wisdom as we endeavor to reach this generation with the gospel, we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen.